Um, I'm, I'm not opening the service. I, I just want to um, just read a couple verses of scripture to you. I, I don't know about you, but uh, as the list was going on and it was going on and it was going on, I was getting more and more anxious um, of not feeling good. We come to church to feel good. We come to church to praise the Lord. We come to church to have hope. And this life is nothing but a life of sorrow for some people. Amen? And I want to read a couple verses to you. I want to leave you with this. Because that's not the way the Lord wants us. That even in our sorrow and our troubles, he wants us to praise him and serve him. Because he's the God of the giver of good and the God that takes away. Amen. He took our brother away this week. And the Lord doesn't make a mistake, brothers and sisters. And so I want to say this to you. This is the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself spoke this. And when they spoke it in the temple, they looked at him and they were in shock. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And it's upon the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Which is after, it's after the holy order of the Son of God. Without beginning of days nor ending of years, this priesthood has been restored by the angel of the Lord. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty unto the captives. And to the opening of the prisons to those that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. This is what I want you to listen to. And to appoint unto them that mourn in Mount Zion. You mourning today in the church of Jesus Christ. You got troubles. You got problems. I want you to listen to this today. This is what the Lord wants for you. To give unto them beauty for ashes. You think you have ashes today. The Lord wants to give you beauty for those ashes. Exchange them. You don't deserve to be fed ashes this morning. Here is where the bounty of the Lord is in the church of Jesus Christ. It's where the Lord is, is where there's blessings. It's where the Lord is, is where there's comfort and peace, brothers and sisters. Not on the outside, not wallowing in our troubles and our sorrows. Here where the Lord is. The oil of joy he wants to give you for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. And the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Glorify the Lord today brothers and sisters. He's here to help you and here to bless you. And to here to give you beauty for ashes brothers and sisters. May God bless you is my prayer. I also have a message of hope and of uh, God's plan for us to have a blessing. It fits with Brother Pete's scripture. And it also fits with some of the things that have been said uh, uh, about some of the things that have transpired this week. And, um, and earlier in the service, for those that might have come in a little bit late, we were speaking of, of Brother Dwayne Jordan's passing. And uh, for those that don't know, just to give a little bit of context... Uh, Brother Dwayne and his family and some other families, 47 years ago, moved from Southern California, a very comfortable life. Brother Dwayne was very gifted, had an executive position at the telephone company, uh, could have just looked and said that, I, that you know, 
the, the worldly definition of success was something that he walked away from to go to the reservation that he might be an instrument in God's hands. And I have a lot of respect for him that he put the Lord first and uh, impacted many lives. And we were, we were just discussing in the, in the uh, hallway, just recounting that back in 2010, uh, Brother Dwayne had some serious heart problems. He had 11 stents, uh, you know, which you, you think about it, how many arteries do you have? to have 11 stents. It's like he was going for a record or something like that. And at that point in time, his doctors in Gallup told him, you are, your life is over. There is no hope for you. You have a month, you know, at most to live. You, there is, your, your life is over. You're not going to live. And, um, you know, by the grace of God, our brother lived, uh, well, it's, it's 2019, you know, nine years. That the, and, and those nine years, our brother was not idle, believe me. You know, uh, through his, this period of time, he was delivering food to people. He was delivering building materials. He was helping people. He was bringing children to church and adults and ministering to people, um, ministering even in ways that, that we have no idea how many people he met with, that he called, that he, that he was very, very active in, in those nine years. And, um, and did all that he could. And, and the scripture that comes to mind is uh, in John, the sixth chapter. And I want to look at this because I think it relates to all of us, that, that there is something, uh, you know, as our brother Pete mentioned, there's something for all of us to do, that the Lord intends to have blessings in our lives. And as I look at this scripture, and, I, and I, as we ask ourselves the question, how can we have more of God's blessings in our lives. And I think there's some really good things to learn from this scripture. Uh, I'm going to start at the fifth verse of the sixth chapter of, of uh, John here. Um, and this is a story uh, for those that, this is a story that you probably heard uh, from when you were a child about the, uh, the uh, two fish and the five loaves feeding the multitude. So when Jesus, uh, starting in the fifth verse, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Um, and, you know, just, just thinking about that, Christ is asking Philip, you know, where are we going to get bread for all these people? Now, do you really think that Christ thought, was asking Philip, where are we going to get bread? You think that he might have already known the answer? Yet, he, he put that question out to him. Philip, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? Um, and he said this, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. So I'm going to just throw this out here, and I want you to look at this scripture a little bit different, and I want you to kind of internalize it a little bit. Do we ever feel like the Lord is asking us to do something where we're scratching our head because Philip answered, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may take a little. Philip is, in his mind, Philip's saying, we don't have money to feed all these people. You know, this is 5,000 plus their families. They only counted the men. So this is like thousands. Of, this could have been 15, 20,000 people. And Christ is saying, you know, where are we going to buy bread for these people? You know, Christ asks us in our life sometimes to do things 
that we look and we say, Lord, how are we going to accomplish this? He asks us as a church to bring the gospel to the world. And we look and we just scratch our heads and we say, we're this tiny church. How are we going to bring the gospel to the world? What are we going to do? And I am just picturing, uh, you know, um, that somebody's overhearing this conversation in the background, that there's a little boy that's overhearing this conversation. When we were kids, do you remember being a kid and being so naive that you just thought, well, uh, what can I do? And it's a ridiculous thing. Um, and I'm reminded, and I've, I've shared this with some of you before, but I'm reminded of when I was a little kid. I was three years old, and forgive me if you've heard this before, but uh, my mom got our sofa reupholstered. My parents, did, you know, they were not, they didn't have a lot of money. And, and for my mom, this was like, I, I want to have a nice piece of furniture. And so she had our sofa reupholstered and uh, in this fabric that had a texture on it. And it had... Um, like bumps on it and in between the bumps were straight lines and I was three years old and I got a red big pen and I discovered that if you run the pen you can get a really straight line between the lines and so I took the red big pen and I just started writing rolling it along between the lines and you know and just like like a little three-year-old would and just Ooh, straight line. It, the, the, the fabric just guided me, and I could get these nice red straight lines. And my mother came into the room and saw her newly reupholstered sofa with all of these red big pen lines in between the lines, and she just started bawling. She just started crying because she had saved and scrimped to have a nice piece of furniture, and she gets it home, and the three-year-old with the pen just wrote the line. And um, when I saw my mother crying as a three-year-old, my heart was broken. And I just, I went up into my room and I just prayed, Lord, I feel so bad. My mom is just down there crying. How can I fix this? Or, you know, can you help me fix this? And I went in the bathroom and I got some Kleenex and I wet them and I wiped it off and all the ink came completely off. Completely. Perfect. And my mom came in the room and she was stunned. You know, now that was the faith of a three-year-old that this is impossible. And we have this little boy here. It says here in the ninth verse, there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? You know, we need to ask ourselves as a church, instead of, instead of saying, you know, um, Lord, it's hopeless. We don't have money to feed Thousands. We don't have preachers to preach to billions. We don't have resources. We don't have bodies. We don't have all this stuff. We, you know, the three-legged stool, they don't have the third leg. But the Lord can make the difference. So that lad, he just, he didn't think about what are my two fishes and five loaves going to do. He just heard Christ, that Christ said he had a need. And he just opened up his heart and said, this is what I got. That's what the Lord's asking us to do. He's not asking us to solve all the problems of the world. He's asking us just to take what little bit that we got and see what he can do with it. It's not about what we give the Lord. It's about who we're giving it to. Because God's power is unlimited. He takes our little efforts 
If, he, if we just put forth the effort, if we don't say that something's more important than, than the needs of, of spreading the gospel, if we put that first and we make our little feeble effort, he is going to bless us. And we see what happened with, with this situation here. And Christ told them to have them sit down. And so um, they, they sat down and, and Christ took the loaves and gave thanks and he distributed to the disciples and told them, um, in, with the bread and the fish, uh, to just give them as till they were filled. You know, he he didn't tell them to be stingy with it. Um, it, it as much as they would, give them as much as they want. Just keep giving it. And and Christ took and multiplied it. And uh, when they when they were done, gathered up the fragments that they filled twelve baskets. Uh, over and above, in, in, you know, which that they had given. So we think about this little boy and, and how we can relate to this story. He heard the call, he recognized the need, and he willingly gave what he had to give. Didn't worry about it was insignificant. Didn't worry about, um, you know, he trusted in Christ to get, make good use of it. He didn't, he didn't like think to himself, well, I don't want to give this to Christ because he might misuse it or whatever. He just brought what he had. He didn't have a sense of entitlement that this is mine. You know, he didn't look around at the crowd and say, they should have been smart like me and brought a lunch from home. He just said, these people don't have food. I do. I'm going to share it. Um, he uh, just saw that as a mean to, means to help in, others through Christ's ministry. Uh, you, you know, what he had was for, for uh, more important that, that Christ would take it and use it for good. Um, he uh, didn't just tell himself, what I have is not going to make a difference. He just gave it willingly. He didn't compare himself to other people and say, well, he's not giving what he has, so I'm not going to get what I have. He just gave freely because he, he said Christ has asked for or needs it, and I'm going to use it. He didn't seek for recognition. He didn't go around saying, look at me. I gave you guys your lunch today. He just said Christ is the one that gets the honor and glory. He didn't put his own needs first. He put Christ's needs first. And look at what the results were. He didn't just see his own needs met because when they were passing out the food, he got as much as he wanted also in the end. Um, he was able to witness a miracle and cause that others were able to witness that miracle. How cool is that? Um, he was instrumental in a miraculous demonstration of God's power. You know, and I, for those that have been, you know, when we work for the Lord and we see fruit come out of that, do you think Brother Dwayne was doing all that stuff because he uh, never got satisfaction, because he never got a blessing out of it? Absolutely, he got blessings out of it. When you spoke with Brother Dwayne, and, when, you know, you saw the blessing that he got. You know, when we look at our missionaries, you know, Brother Dan and Sister Dolores, even to this day, Sister Dolores, she's 83 years old. She's up at San Carlos. Is she blessed by being there? Absolutely. She's like, you know, because she's got a daughter that, that has a beautiful home in Ahwatukee Foothills that says, you can come and live with me anytime. And she's like, but I would miss on all these blessings by being on the reservation. When we give to the Lord, he blesses us over and above, you know, and above what we would have. If he would have kept that lunch for himself, he would have eaten that lunch and the blessing would have been over. But because he gave that, he had a blessing for the rest of his life of the miracles that he had. 
You know, can you see where for, for us, you know, the, the, the scriptures are full of parallels that when we trust in God and when we give him what we have, we get more back. Um, there's a, a, a scripture that, um, you know, just some of the basic scriptural pr principle, and this is something that's expressed in multiple verses throughout the scripture, but in Mark 8, the 35, is, it, it, it kind of says it really clearly. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels, the same shall save it. That is so true that when we give to the Lord, you know, when, when we just think we're going to hold things to ourselves and not give to the Lord, we're going to lose all that stuff. When we pass on, you know, Brother Dwayne, if he would have worked, stayed working for the uh, telephone company as an executive or whatever and acquired a lot of wealth, when he died, so what? It's gone. But those blessings that he affected other people's lives, there's a legacy that's going to go on that he had the satisfaction of knowing in his life, every good do, work I do for the Lord is going to be multiplied. It's going to go on for generations. Those, those homes that I built, those people that I fed, those people that I shared Christ with, that's life-changing stuff. You know, I, um, I mentioned in our, in our prayer service how... Um, we spent the day yesterday with Brother Dirk, who's unable to meet with us, and I don't need to go into that detail. But the Lord is with Brother Dirk now. I wish you could visit with him and hear his testimony, how the Lord is working in his life. Our efforts that we put towards him when he was able to meet with us were not in vain. I can tell you that, because the Lord is working in his life, and it's wonderful to see. And it's been years. We know that. And honestly, I kind of gave up on him for a while, but the Lord didn't in those efforts of love. And when you do something for the Lord, it will pay off. We may not see it right away, but the only way that you see them is if you're like this little boy and you say, "There's whatever I got, I'm just going to do it for the Lord. You know, if we put ourselves out, the Lord has got blessings for us. And um, you know, the, the work that Brother Dwayne did is not over. We, you know, that is something that is all part of God's plan. We're all part of God's plan. He's got things for us to do. And if we don't, don't uh, hold back, if we go ahead and say, whatever I got, I'm going to do my best for the Lord, he will bless our lives and he will cause fruit to come forth from whatever efforts that we do. Uh, Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters.